like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we have with us someone I got to know via her memoir, L is for Lion, an Italian Bronx Butch Freedom Memoir, and I so fell in love with her spirit and, knowing a bit about some music that she does, along with the numerous other forms of creativity flowing out of her, I asked her to join me for Song of the Soul. Her name is Annie Lanzalato, and she will rock you, and she'll stroll you down her very own spirit road filled with Catholic saints, reverence for the moon, Sufi dancing, and marching with Marines. Really. Annie Lanzalato is a dear person and an authentic experience not to be missed, and she joins us by phone from New York. Annie, I'm delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hey, Mark, I, I love talking with you, so here we go. You're kind of a multi-skilled performer. I mean, poetry, music, writing, cooking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how you make your living, or how do you make a living? Well, you know, it's interesting you use the word skill. That's not the word that would come to my mind, but I, you talk about soul, I feel like, you know, when I'm at my most calm and walking in moonlight empty, what comes are melodies and words. Some is poetry, some is song, and a range from rock to folk song, whatever. Genres later, you know, the spirit comes through, the words come through, the, the tone comes through, and then I guess we, you know, we find genre later. But song and poetry, you know, is pure that way. Like, I feel like you just pick it out of the sky. It just comes through. The memoir was a lot of work and a lot of life review and retrospection and um, research into my family and genealogy and Italian history. But the, the book of poems and the albums, like the, the songs just come through. This is what I do, and I, and I teach this stuff, too. I teach creative process. So that could be solo theater. That could be writing. You know, it's just basically creation. Well, how big of a piece is the music in your life? Well, like I was saying, I feel like it's the most pure piece. It just, it's when I'm alone, you know, either on retreat in the woods or just walking circles or blocks in the city, but with a real peaceful, empty spirit that, that comes melody and words. There's a lot of musicians in my life who have skills. <laughs> That's where the skill differential comes in. So I work with a beautiful sax player, Rosen Parado, a cellist, Lori Goldston, a brilliant guitarist, Adil Salman. You know, 
just get together and build songs after the, the pure kind of thing comes through, which is just melody and words. Then we build it up from there. And I like getting people singing, so I like at whatever kind of happening um, performance art I'm creating, when people gather, I like getting the people to sing, you know, who gather, the audience you'd call it, but I don't necessarily call it that because I feel like if you're in my audience, you're going to do something. You know, we're going to do something together. We're going to make something happen, which is more akin to ritual and uh, sitting around the fire, even though we may be in a performance art house. You use the word performance art. I think that maybe that's more along the line. The spoken word is sometimes what you do. You evidently play the ukulele. I've heard that. Do you play other instruments, or do you have a background training in music? No. I mean, first of all, performance art, the way I look at it, it's in the downtown New York performance art scene. You're putting your body on the line. Pretty much the body is always involved. Usually people are creating the whole thing, so there's not always a delineation as theater has with a director, an actor, and a writer. Performance artist is pretty much creating the whole ritual, the whole shebang. So I'll give you an example. In my family history, the men in my family were all southern Italian ice men. So they came to the Bronx and Brooklyn and delivered ice for a, a living. That was brutal work. So as, as a performance artist, when I meditate on that work, I take a 300-pound block of ice on stage, and I spin it, and I break it, and I carry it and do things with it that relate to the work my father and grandfathers did. But it's, it's my art, so I'll play with the light in the ice. I'll give ice to the audience. And like I said, I spin it. And so it becomes a beautiful altar of white light because of the way the light refracts through the ice. And so it's my body and, and my meditation and props that's linked to my history. And that's, to me, a definition of performance art. Well, let's get a taste of what some of this music is about that you do. Tell me about what music you put out there and, and what you're going to share today. The album Blue Pill is out on, I guess, iTunes and wherever else. It's, I guess, rock and blues. So Carry My Coffee is a live concert in St. Anne's Church in Brooklyn, which is a vast cathedral. So it's an acoustic track of me improvising vocals with long monologues and cellist Laurie Goldston. And the, the other album is 11 Recitations, which is 10 tracks of poetry and a bonus track of this song. It's the first time I did uh, Mr. Butterfly, which is a song about my father. And so it's improvised with cello, sax, and piano. And that was recorded at Small's Jazz Club in a live set. So those are, those are the albums that are out. We're going to start hearing from the album Blue Pill. Blue Pill is a rock song that came to me in one shot in terms of melody and lyrics. It's about my father, who was a veteran of World War II, a Marine who fought in Okinawa and had post-traumatic stress disorder. And he spent the last years of his life in a mental home, which first he was in a violent ward for veterans, and then he was in this mental home. And um, he didn't take his blue pills his anti-psych drugs, psychotic drugs. So he showed me all the pills in his pocket. He had hundreds of pills that he wasn't taking. So he'd go up for medicine time and he'd just cheat the pill and spit it out. You know, he'd fake a big swallow and spit it out into his hand. And so it, you know, kind of radicalized me to 
take my own medicine and to help other people just take their medicine. I mean, we live in a time with medicine. We might as well give it a chance. And for me, I don't have a thyroid. I had thyroid cancer. And so every morning I take a blue pill. It's a pretty light blue pill of Synthroid. And if I don't take it, I just will go into a coma and die. So I believe in the blue pill. Keeps me alive. Attend the game around with a shot of tap water and a blue pill. Watch me swallow, turn to walk away, I can see her still. I spot around, spit into the ground, walk the flights down to the basement. Lanzalato is here today for Song of the Soul. That is from her CD by the same name, Blue Pill, with some excellent musicians there with you. Yeah, yeah. So this is recorded by Annie Lanzalato Band, band being the key word. And the band is Adil Salman, who's a brilliant guitarist and composer. He also laid the bass track. And he was the musical director of this album project. Rosen Parado on sax, Eric Van Batavia on percussion, and Laurie Goldston on cello. Usually my tastes go generally in the direction of folk music, and this is really rockin'. You mentioned both rock and blues are kind of your thing, right? You know, Mark, I think, I mean, I grew up in the punk rock era, right? I grew up wishing, you know, Joan Jett would spit on me, and she did once because I was so close, you know? So that filth is in. I mean, when melodies are coming through, they're going to grab on your influences. But I do have a Willie Nelson kind of love at heart. But how things come through is how they come through. I think some of the more acoustic tracks are folky. You know, and I love Italian folk music. I listen a lot to Southern Italian folk music and um, try to keep in touch with my ancient culture, you could say. So I don't know. How it comes through is how it comes through. And then how it's recorded can change that. So the musicians that I gather can change from track to track how a, how a recording sounds. 
Well, the song Blue Pill, again, is about your dad. And if people read your book, L is for Lion, an Italian Bronx Butch Freedom Memoir, they're going to learn a lot more about your dad, in particular, you know, kind of working in the basement. You mentioned it in the song, Basement of the Mental Home, you know, just where he's hiding things away, squirreling away. What was it that he hid in the wall for you, something you had to dig out after he died? Yeah, I know what you're referencing in the book. Well, my father, you know, after he was an ice man, he became an oil burner man. And the oil burners were all in the basement, on the East Coast anyway. And so his basement, you know, world began just after World War II when he, uh, I guess, I guess you could argue before World War II, because delivering coal, you also had to go to the basement. And with the ice business came the coal business. I guess you could say since he was eight years old, he was accessing people's basements by delivering coal. No, in, in the walls of some basements are crawl spaces. And so that was also part of his world. And in the, this basement of, of this mental home, there was a big crawl space. And, and one day I went to visit him and I couldn't find him, but I heard his voice and he was in the wall. <laughs> he, was in this, he was in this crawl space. I mean, you couldn't get me in there. But, you know, God bless him, in his 70s, he could still be on his hands and knees crawling around and doing his work, you know, what he saw as his work. Anyway, so, I, you know, I love my father. I hope he rests in peace, that's for sure. Your affection there, I mean, there was the whole conflict that was in your house where his PTSD would get the better of him and he'd go violent. And so weren't you afraid of him when he wasn't taking his meds, when he wasn't taking his blue pill? Absolutely. But I still had a find a way to love him so basically I would visit him with my girlfriend or with another friend you know I wouldn't go alone because I guess not only was I afraid of his mood swings I was afraid of my own like I felt very much like his daughter and I felt like sometimes I just want to take a swing at him and make him admit the violence that we grew up with so I also I always went with a friend that was part of I guess the protection system I mean, I needed a friend. I mean, it was upsetting going into the mental home. It was upsetting seeing the other residents. Driving home, my head would be disturbed, you know, and so I needed friends with me. I just couldn't really do it alone. And I need friends in the music. You know, I need friends in the creation, in the creative aspect of life. So I love to collaborate, and I work hard to be a good collaborator. You know, that's like any relationship. That's an important thing to kind of choose, right? Remember in the book as a kid, the kid, the boys and the girls, mostly the boys were always throwing stick bulb out in the air and doing the choose. You know, you're on my team, you're on my team, you're not on my team. It's the same with music. I mean, you know, I love Rose and her sax, which you'll hear in, uh, I think, Shelter, you'll hear it. Oh, you'll hear Mr. Butterfly, definitely. It opens with a sax solo. But, you know, I love Rose, and that's important to me, is to have the love with the people that, you, that I'm creating with. Well, let's share some more of those people and what you're creating. So what song do you want to share next? Yeah, let's go to Mr. Butterfly. Same subject, basically. Yeah, your dad, Mr. Butterfly, of course, right? So, you know, this song, I was on retreat in Williamstown, Mass. I was with my dogs, Cherub and Scatamooch. I was reading Walt Whitman and sitting in the creek with my dogs. And there was this orange butterfly. I was in a real meditative state. And the melody and basic lyrics to the song just came out. So I started recording on my telephone recorder. Worked up some chords. 
And then the monologues in it came later. But again, the monologues are straight from listening to the war veterans in my family. And again, this song is filled with love for my father. Yeah, he, he's Mr. Butterfly in the song. And who you'll hear on this track is Rosen Pilato on sax, Sylvie Diegis on piano, and Lori Goldston on cello. And they're improvising, and this is a live recording from the Smalls Jazz Club in the West Village in New York. Mr. Butterfly, Annie Lanzolato, and friends.
This guy next to me says, hey, Lance, it's going to rain. I said, that ain't rain. We was 100 miles from Hiroshima. That ain't rain. That ain't rain. No, that ain't rain. Mr. Butterfly. 
That song's by Annie Lanzalato, guest here today for Song of the Soul, which is, of course, a Northern Spirit Radio production. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org, and on that site, you can listen to and download and comment on all eight years of our programs, both Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul. We also have a place where you can leave donation. Donations are much appreciated. And I especially want to encourage you to support your local community radio station. They do a valuable job of giving us information that the rest of the world would deprive us of. So both music and news you get from community radio stations, so you get really nowhere else. Again, today we're with Annie Lanzalato. She is author of a book, L is for Lion, an Italian Bronx Butch Freedom Memoir. She's also a performer of various sorts. Uh, One of the things, by the way, Annie, that I really adored was a video you have via your site, which is AnnieLanzalato.com. There's something called frittata agoraphobia. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it, that's a that's an awesome little video. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But this song was Mr. Butterfly about Annie's father, and I, I asked you earlier if you were afraid of him, and you said yes, you were. Mm. It's so amazing to have our love mixed up with people who, like each of us, carries their wounds with them. And when you're talking in Mr. Butterfly, you know, when you're sharing his words, it's clear to me that you entered very closely to him. You listened. You you really held this man in your heart. And somehow the violence and other things didn't make you hate him. I don't think our world can understand loving some people who who do violence these days. We tend to either love or hate them. Well, isn't life really more complicated than that? Well, you and I think it is, but not everybody. I definitely think so, really. Yeah, a lot of people, you know... These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. And well, I don't, I don't ascribe to that for sure. But I, you know, I also go by the St. Francis prayer, right? It's things you can't change. So, you know, I knew my father loved me, and that really was the matrix of everything. You know, I mean, I felt loved no matter what. If I wanted to be glib, I would say kindness is overrated. But I, I won't. But I, I did learn from him. You know, some people just really do suffer in life, and it's not all. Uh, like you see on TV, like the Pepsi generation. Like not everybody's out there skiing and swimming and water skiing. And, you know, some people have true suffering. And, you know, our soldiers are some of those people. I mean, the soldiers in my family truly, truly did suffer and did not regain civilian health. You know, they didn't really, really readjust. So that was my father. My father was a World War II veteran and frontline combat in Okinawa. And that was, you know, he had a rough time. He really did. So I loved him, and I knew he loved me despite any violence. And did you see him as having achieved butterfly status, or was that just your wish for him? No, in that moment, I really did. In that moment, it's like the quote you just told me, live up to the light that thou hast, and more will be given to thee. You know, it's in that moment, he wasn't just a big, tough guy, and he was a spirit. You know, he was gone. He was in the spirit realm, and he was a little delicate orange butterfly inside of a big tough guy, you know, who had PTSD. So, yeah, in that moment, it was definitely a revelation moment. I do want to encourage folks to look for Annie's book, L is for Lion. There's a link on my website. You can find it. It fills in so much about 
your father and your life, the inner topography that leads to your music and, of course, your writing. Give us some more of your music, though, Annie. Okay, well put. And also, you know, some of the lyrics to these songs are in my second book, which is a book of poetry and some song lyrics. So let me give you the name of that book because it just came out. It's called Schist Song, and Schist is the bedrock of Manhattan. It's a metamorphic rock. So you spell it S-C-H-I-S-T-S-O-N-G, Schist Song. And the lyrics to some of these songs are in there. So the next song, which the lyrics are in Schist Song, is Red Sky. Red Sky, again, recorded by the Annie Lanzalotto Band, came to me first as a poem. And each word in the song is only three letters long. I found this piece of paper, which was a drawing and this, the lyrics to this, and I, I did what I call a phrase walk, which is that you just walk in a circle or a, a rectangle or a labyrinth, you just re- a repetitive walk where you could walk safely. And you just keep reciting the, the line of poetry until a melody appears. And that's what I did with Red Sky. I took those lyrics and that melody to my guitarist, Adil Salman, and he adjusted the beat a bit, and we talked about some blues influences, like House of the Rising Sun, and he found the chords that I was trying to vocalize, and Red Sky is a result of that conversation. And uh, it's, a, it's a kind of spiritual piece to me, Mark, because it's a little mysterious to me what the meaning is. I could interpret it a bunch of different ways. There's definitely a sadness to it, but a, a metaphysicalness to it. And I love that it's only three other words. Red sky.
Danny Lancelotto band, Red Sky, from her album Blue Pill. So I guess we got red and blue. Any other primary colors that are included in that album? <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of that. No, but when I write a yellow song, I'll let you know. Okay. I'll put that on my list. Write a yellow song for Mark. <laughs> well, you know, I probably shouldn't be laughing. I mean, Red Sky is, it's not a happy song, or maybe it is. I mean, I the way I relate to it is the angst that's there. What was in your heart as you were writing this? You know, there's a bunch of things in my head, to tell you the truth, but it came out of a deep meditation. I don't know what was in my head when I wrote the poem. I really don't, except that I, I draw, but interpreting it now, plenty of things come to me. One of the things that comes to me, I mean, I almost don't want to put this in your listeners' minds, but... But one of the things that comes to me is that photo after the atom bomb of the Japanese girl running with no clothes on, screaming. Do you know the photo I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, it's iconic. And the lyric, did you see her eye, red sky? Did you sky, red eye, sad run? Did you see sun, her sun? It's for some reason now, six or so years after I wrote the poem, that's what comes to my mind when I sing the song and when I examine the lyrics. But that's just me kind of reinterpreting. So she comes to mind. I know she has a name. Forgive me for not knowing it, but I think your readers can find it on the Internet. Because she survived, lived, I think, you know, many decades past that, past the atom bomb. And that's documented. So she comes to mind. The sad run. That's what comes to mind. You mentioned earlier that you share music, you do parts of performances as part of activism. What kind of activism calls to you? Oh, well, cancer activism was my first, I think, activism as an adult. You know, as a kid, the nuns make us do, made us do all kinds of activism. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. But anyway, then um, AIDS, I was an AIDS activist. I was part of ACT UP early on, around 1986. And recently with Rose and Parado, we've been part of, a big part of the Remember the Triangle Fire Coalition, trying to get a permanent memorial in New York City to the 146 workers who died in the Triangle Fire of 1911. At the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory? Yes. Rose and I, amongst all our activism and community organizing in that effort, we also have played music and I've performed at the annual we have performed, and I have performed separately, at the annual commemorations on March 25th each year. So I wrote a song, a ballad, for Joey Vito, who was a real unsung hero from the fire. He was one of the several elevator operators in the building. You know, I just started by rallying the corner to yell, thanks, Joe, up to the building on, on every March 25th. I did it for a couple of years, and then one day his great-granddaughter sent me an email, and she said, um, I was there, and nobody ever thanked my grandfather before at these commemorations. And I pretty much decided right then and there that I would write a song so that he wouldn't be unsung. And particularly in Italian-American and in our community of, I guess, writers and artists, we recognize that in America, our community is more maligned for its negative stereotypes than it is celebrated for many of the unsung heroes. So I decided one thing I could do as an artist was to sing Joey Vito. 
because he saved him and the other elevator operator we know of, Gaspare Mortilaro, saved about 150 workers by making 18 trips up and down into the fire, into a raging fire of chaos when the workers were jumping out windows and they just kept going back up into the fire until they were half dead, you know, until they collapsed on the sidewalk. With Joey Zito's great-granddaughter sending me information on her great-grandfather, I composed a song, a ballad, it's poetry with a sung chorus, and performed it for the 100th memorial. And then after that, who contacted me was the other elevator, the operator's great-grandson. So that would be Gaspare Motilado. And less is known about him, but I, I hope to learn more. And the lyrics to that are in the Book of Poems, Schist song, and also... Um, on the website, rememberthetrianglefire.org, in the archives. And if you also want to hear another song about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, my guest, Sai Khan, I've had him on my shows before, and he's done one about that. So it's something that we shouldn't forget, especially as people seem to be rather complacent about the role that we need to have our government play in making sure that where we work is safe and reasonable. That's a, certainly a case in history where it wasn't either of those. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, there's many more contemporary cases in Bangladesh and India and Pakistan, you know, of factories collapsing and burying their workers, and um, it's pretty intolerable. You know, and those girls were so full of dreams, you know, as everyone is. I mean, some of them just got off the boat in America and, you know, were happy to get a job in the garment industry in 1911. Some were pregnant, you know, most of them were young girls. It's a tragedy, and so we want to at least commemorate it. And if any of your listeners are interested in seeing that memorial get made, you know, they, they too can donate or participate through the rememberthetriangofire.org. Let's talk a little bit about religion and you. I mean, you, you're tried and true Catholic growing up. The nuns were your best friends, I think, and... Say a little bit about that and where you are now. I think that I've taken from several religions and rituals, and I have my own take on spirit. So I've incorporated some of the saints and Catholicism in my uh, true beliefs, but that doesn't necessarily include, you know, sitting in a church to a guy give a sermon. You know, those things pretty much make me mad, and I get really itchy. You know, I can't really just sit through a mass. So I've studied Islam, I've studied Sufism, I've studied um, Tarantism, which is the old Italian music rituals where you kind of trance. And I'm still learning. And I, you know, I believe in garlic, I believe in peach pits, I believe in the power of nature, uh, I believe in the moon and the sun. I'm definitely an ancient Egyptian sun worshiper. Not to get tan, but just in the power of light. <laughs> I believe in rhythm and melody and song. I um, believe in vibration. I love when a brilliant musician like Sylvie Dieguez, the pianist, says to me, you know, who's on the track, Mr. Butterfly, she'll say to me, you know, the sound of the universe is a B-flat, 37 octaves lower than the keyboard. Or, so I don't exactly have all the words for it, but there I am. I love that the Pope, the new Pope Francis, showed some tolerance in his last speech. Not, he said, I can't judge gay people. That's a beautiful thing. But I, I do think there's been a lot of criminal acts perpetrated by priests onto youth 
that has nothing to do with sexuality. It just has to do with, uh, I don't know, mental illness or repression or I don't really know. But that, you know, the hierarchy of the church has protected these criminals, and it's, it's pretty unforgivable. So I, I'd be happy if the whole patriarchy of the church came down tomorrow. And the other thing I don't like about the Catholic Church, this may sound a little radical, but since Vatican II, when now priests, like, turn around, face front, speak English instead of Latin, and, like, talk to the people, okay, great, let's call that progress. But today what's lost is spirituality. When, when I go, I want to see the gold light, right? And I guess if you were to pick one line in all my music, it would be, all will be forgotten except this gold light we made together. Mm, yeah. The gold light could be made when you close your eyes in yoga. The gold light can be made when you're talking, me and you are talking to each other. The gold light can be made when you go to a temple or a mosque or a church or a cave, wherever you go and do your ritual. So today when I go to the, if, you know, I go to Catholic Mass for a funeral or for this or for that, and sit through a Mass, now the priest is talking to us like, I don't know, like we're friends or like he's a therapist or like he's a, a politician or something. And what happened to the gold light? Like what happened to let's trance out on this music and this spirituality and prayer? So I'd rather do a hundred rosaries with, you know, a rosary society of women at night and men could be there. But, you know, that repetition of prayer that brings you in any religion to the gold light. That's my spiritual goal, and that's my artistic goal. And so, yeah, I don't care what genre, what name, what religion, what you call it, but I think that that's the place of inner peace and, and light that I strive to get to. The place of the gold light. I think there's a full song waiting for you there. But in the meantime, why don't you give us another song to listen to while we're waiting for you to write that one? Let's go to Command My Soul since we're on this topic. Ah, okay, Command My Soul. Actually, when I hear that name, I think of someone being in control. Yes, yes. That's not how you take it, though, or think it, or... No, yes, it, it is. This song, you're right. I'm the daughter of a Marine, and what word comes to me? Command. <laughs> we were commanded. And the commandments. And in church and in Catholic school, we were commanded. Everything was a command. And even in Southern Italian culture, my grandmother spoke commands. Everything was a command. So, yes, this was written by the daughter of a Marine, clearly. It was written as a poem first. I did my phrase walk to find melody later. And it was written after my father passed. Command my soul to fruit, to flower. Command, command my soul. Command my soul till my last hour. Command, command my soul. Yes, this is in that light of wanting a God or a higher power to command me while I'm alive till the last breath to fruit, to, to create. That means to create. Fruitificare, to create, to bring forth fruit. And to flower, fiore rare, to make flower, to flower. Just like nature does, I want as a human being to create, to create books, to create songs, to create poems, to create. So it is a commandment to be ambitious, to be focused, and to create. And I want to make sure our listeners understand, Annie's sharing a little bit of this song playing on her uke here. 
In addition, we'll be playing a little bit from a recording that was live at St. Anne and Holy Trinity Church in Brooklyn, where there's an audience that she's marching around the place, uh, being commanded, I think, by spirit. So we'll have the two of them here together for this performance of Command My Soul. Command my soul to fruit to flower. Command, command my soul. Command my soul till my last hour. Command, command my soul. Command my soul to hold heart's rein. Rise with the winds, rise with the rains. Command my soul to find love's gain. Command, command my soul. And when my breathing heart's command calls legs to rise and legs to stand, with call unanswered by hand or hand, command, command my Rise with the winds, rise with the rains. Command my soul to find love's gain. Command, command my soul. And when my breathing heart's command calls legs to rise and legs to stand, with call unanswered by hand or hand. of two performances, I guess you'd say, by Annie Lanzalato of Command My Soul. Uh, she just played for us on her uke, the song Command My Soul, but also we were listening to a performance at St. Anne Holy Trinity Church in Brooklyn. Uh, and who was accompanying you there? What was, how was that done? I played that live with Laurie Goldston on cello. 
there was about 100 people in the church. I commanded them to sing along, <laughs> and I commanded them to march around the church. There's a great ancient balcony in that cathedral, really. And so we, we marched to the back of the church. We went up a flight of stairs, up into the dark rafters, marched back toward the front of the cathedral, and then had a really spirited group improv of uh, the word command my the phrase command my soul. So that's you'll hear more uh, tracks of that in the future. Who knows how and where we'll record that, but it will continue. But the place to find them is on lannylanzalato.com. Lanzalato is L-A-N-Z-I-L-L-O-T-T-O. Or if you're spelling challenged like I am, just go to northernspiritradio.org. I'll have the link there. You can find the music and you can find out a lot more about Annie, including her book, Ellis for Lion. You know, it kind of surprises me to some degree, given your history. It's Although there's a lot of fruit there from your interaction with the Catholic Church and with the religion of your childhood, there's also a lot of pain, rejection. I mean, rejection, I mean, the violence in your house that somehow the church couldn't, didn't address, your own rejection as a lesbian, just not being accepted that way, including in your family, and, you know, all of these challenges. It seems to me that commands would kind of, you'd throw them out, and maybe you'd fit better as a Unitarian where they believe in the ten suggestions. (laughs) Suggest my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we are what we are. I'll always be the daughter of a Marine, always. I don't know what to say, Mark. I mean, that's the cloth that I'm cut from. So when a lyric and a melody comes, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to make it politically correct. I mean, it is what it is. Okay, uh, a little bit more music. Well, let's round out this hour where we should always round it out with the moon. The moon, the moon, the moon. And this song is called This Moon. Questa Luna. It came to me one night. The best place to create music is just walking alone in the moon. Shut off your phone, clear out your mind, and just keep walking. This came to me, boom, in one shot, lyric and melody, and then I developed it more on paper. And it has the word God in it. And again, you know, in some audiences when I do sing-alongs, you know, I say sing whatever you want. If you don't want to sing God, put whatever word you want in there. But that's how it came to me, and it sounds good to me, and the message is what, you know, is clear. And the first line is, God gave me this moon to share with you and be benevolent as too. It's a song of beauty, and um, I love to share it with people. So I think that's how we're just going to close out this hour-long visit with Annie Lancelotto for her Song of the Soul. Again, her website, AnnieLanzalato.com. Follow the link from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Find her book, L is for Lion, an Italian Bronx Butch Freedom Memoir. Listen to my Spirit in Action interview with her as well. All of those opportunities to connect with Annie, and she's a person you won't ever forget. Thank you so much, Annie, for sharing from your soul, so sharing from the depths and honestly without, without the unnecessary filters that keep us from truth. So thank you so much for that, for your music, for your writing, for your spirit. And thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. 
You're the best, Mark. Thank you, and thanks, everyone who's listening. Ciao. Check NordenSpiritRadio.org for bonus excerpts of this interview, including one more of Annie Lanzalato's songs, Too Much Gold for Just 55 Minutes, and we'll send you out with her song, This Moon. God gave me this moon to share with you and be benevolent as to God gave me this sun so I could see you and be benevolent as one God gave me this earth a place to give birth and be benevolent as three God gave me this sea to teach me to roar and be benevolent as four God gave us these stars to know where we are whether you're near or far God gave me the street so we could meet and be benevolent as six God gave me this tree to teach me to breathe and be benevolent as seven God gave me the sky to teach me to cry and be benevolent as eight God gave me this hour to call power and be benevolent as nine God gave me this friend so we could mend our hearts and mind that day's end God gave me this work to do to get me through and be benevolent as eleven God gave me this moon gave me this moon gave me this moon the theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson and it's called Song of the Soul my name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy. So